The Old Testament reading comes from Isaiah chapter 42, verses 1 through 9. Behold my servant, whom I uphold, my chosen, in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the nations. He will not cry aloud or lift up his voice or make it heard in the street. A bruised reed he will not break, and a faintly burning wick he will not quench. He will faithfully bring forth justice. He will not grow faint or be discouraged till he has established justice in the earth and the coastlands wait for his law. Thus says God the Lord, who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread out the earth and what comes from it, who gives breath to the people on it and spirit to those who walk in it. I am the Lord. I have called you in righteousness. I will take you by the hand and keep you. I will give you as a covenant for the people, a light for the nations to open the eyes that are blind, to bring out the prisoners from the dungeon, from the prison those who sit in darkness. I am the Lord, that is my name. My glory I give to no other, nor my praise to carved idols. Behold, the former things have come to pass, and new things I now declare. Before they spring forth, I tell you of them. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The epistle is from Romans chapter 6, verses 1 through 11. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing, so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel appointed for this Sunday is from the Gospel of St. Matthew, the third chapter, beginning at verse 13. Glory to you, O Lord. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to John to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, but do you come to me? 
But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. And then he consented. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were open to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Grace to you and peace from God our Father, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for this morning's message is from the Old Testament lesson, Isaiah 42. At this time, I want to highlight verses 5 and the first part of verse 6. This is what God the Lord says. He who created the heavens and stretched them out. Who spread out the earth and all that comes out of it. I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness. And I will take hold of your hand. This is our text. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Isaiah 42 prophesies of Jesus. In this messianic prophecy, Jesus is referred to as the Lord's servant. Isaiah 42 foretells of his baptism as it speaks of the Spirit of the Lord being poured out on him, just as we heard in the Gospel reading. It speaks of Jesus' ministry. He will be the light to the nations, it says. He will open the eyes of the blind. He will release prisoners from the dungeons. And he will shine the light of God's word into the hearts and lives of people living in darkness. It tells us that as our Savior, he repairs bruised reeds and fans back into flames, smoldering wicks. And Isaiah 42 also tells of Jesus' weakness as a human being and his daily need for his Father to hold his hand throughout his ministry, upholding him and strengthening him for the seemingly impossible task of saving us. Dr. James Dobson, a focus of the family, recounts a story from his childhood. He writes, what I remember most about my father in my early childhood was the size of his hands. They engulfed mine and made me proud and secure as I trotted along beside him on the street. He told me later that when I was two years old, we we lived in a tiny one-bedroom apartment. And my dad said that it was not unusual during that period of time for him to awaken in the middle of the night to hear my tiny voice. Daddy, had he really heard me? He would lie there quietly until the word came again. Daddy? Yes, Jimmy, he would reply. Hold my hand. My father said he would grope through the darkness from my extended hand so that he could engulf his with mine. And almost instantly, my arm would become limp and my breathing deep and regular. I had gone back to sleep. Obviously, I had only wanted to know that he was there. Do you recollect a time when you were comforted by the strong 
hand of your mom or your dad? Do you remember when they took you by the hand and you felt so safe and secure because you knew that they would not allow anyone or anything to snatch you out of their hands? How much safer and secure we can feel when we realize that the creator of the heaven and the earth has taken hold of our hand. He who said of himself, my own hand laid the foundations of the earth and my right hand spread out the heavens. It is this mighty, strong hand that has taken hold of our own hand when we were baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It was there that he declared us to be his children. Jesus said of you and me, I will give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. But what often happens in a relationship between a child and his or her parent as they grow older and get a taste of independence? Well, when a parent often reaches out to take the hand of their child, doesn't the child sometimes say, no, and pulls the hand away? I'm big. I'll do it myself. There's even a time as we grow older, maybe in our tweens, when we're embarrassed to hold our parents' hands. Hold your hand, me? <laughs> One of my friends might be watching. I'm not a child anymore. Might something similarly happen in our relationship with God? He has us safely and securely by the hand. But are we not tempted at times to assert our own independence and say, No, no, I'm, I'm big. I can do this myself. I don't need you. Might it be that we, at some point in our life, even find ourselves a little embarrassed to admit that we're associated with God and that we have a need for Him. And again, we say, hold your hand, me? One of my friends might be watching. I don't want them to think that I believe in you or that I rely on you. I'm not a child anymore. When we make this choice and we pull back, our Lord often lets go of our hand because he knows that he cannot force his love and security upon us. But he never, ever lets us out of his sight. His hand is always extended to us, waiting for us to cry out, Daddy, are you there? Will you hold my hand? again and he always takes our hand into his own Elsa was a blind woman she was one of the homebound members that I used to visit when I was a pastor at Lutheran Church of the Good Shepherd during one of my visits with Elsa she said pastor will you take me by the hand and lead me to the dining room Elsa recognized that she was blind. She realized that if she tried to navigate her way from her room to her, her dining room, that she might trip and fall and hurt herself. And so Elsa placed her trust in me 
She trusted that I would safely get her to where she wanted to go. Father, Jesus, Holy Spirit, will you take me by the hand and lead me? Our Lord does more than simply take us by the hand. He actually opens up our eyes so that we are no longer blind. As baptized people in the name of the triune God, we sing, Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. Yes, he opened up our eyes and we see. We see God as our loving, caring Father. We see Jesus as the Lamb of God, the Savior of the world, our Savior. We see the Bible not as an ordinary book, but it's, a, it's God's Word. It's, it's His inspirational Word to us to open our eyes to see that we're saved in Christ. We look at baptism and we don't see baptism as some simple rite of water in the, in the Word, some kind of custom that we do. But instead we see it as a, as a miracle taking place where God's Holy Spirit opens up the eyes of people who were spiritually blind, where He gives life to people who were once spiritually dead. We see it as a place where God adopts us into His family and calls us His daughter or son. We see it as a place where God opens to us eternal life. And we come to the Lord's table often, don't we? And we come with eyes different eyes than what maybe the world sees. For we look at the bread and the wine and, and see that it's the very body and blood of Jesus Christ. We see that at this table our Lord is present and He's feeding us with His body and blood and assuring us that our sins are forgiven. We see it as a foretaste of the feast that awaits us in the glories of heaven. And we even see death a little differently than most people in the world do. For we see death as a portal, it's a doorway into the glories of heaven where we live with our Lord forever. There are still times in our life where we are blind to what lies ahead or unclear as to what is happening in the whirlwind times of our lives. We might cry out like a frightened child, Lord, I can't see. Will you please take me by the hand and lead me? And at that time, our Heavenly Father grips our hand just a little bit tighter. Is it any wonder that Jesus said, you must receive the kingdom of God like a little child? Like a little child who just trusts the security of his father or mother. The psalmist says, if the Lord delights in a man's way, he makes his steps firm. And though he stumble, he will not fall. For the Lord upholds him with his hand. Martin Luther relied on his baptism daily. When feelings of anguish prowled around in him like a caged beast, sapping of his energy and concentration and soliciting haunting doubts about his salvation, he would remember that he was baptized. And he would shout out loud, I am baptized. It was his way of assuring himself that God had him 
by his hand and that God would not let go of him. My brothers and sisters in Christ, when we are blinded by the trials and the tribulations and the confusing feelings of anxiety and worry and we're anguished over some unresolved matter or when we're especially perplexed and even despairing of the fact that we feel separated from our God because we don't feel so close to God, our baptism assures us, it assures us that He has us by His hand. Whether we can feel His hand or not. And we can rest assured in the promises that God gives to us in His Word that a bruised reed He will not break. And a smoldering wick He won't snuff out. There was a time in Jesus' life that His Father let go of His hand. It was during Jesus' time on the cross. It was our sin. Yes, our sin that broke the Father's grip on His Son. And as He endured the wrath of His Father for our sin, He cried out, God. Notice He didn't say Father. He said at that moment, God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Where are you? Why don't you have me by your hand anymore? And then, a few moments later, what did he say? After the payment for our sin had been made, he cried out, or maybe he whispered, Father, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And then he breathed his last, and he died peacefully, knowing that he had accomplished what his father had sent him to do. He had accomplished our salvation. I trust that this will be our prayer as well throughout our life. When we experience those desperate times, and especially when we face the conclusion of our own life, that we too will cry out, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Please, Lord, take me by my hand and lead me into paradise. And my dear brothers and sisters in Christ, know that without a doubt, he will. Amen.